morning, we're going to do something a little bit different. So we're still in this series, Christ in Me. And uh, so far, we've been talking about, you know, what it looks like for, for us as Christians where, you know, we, we become the dwelling place of God. The Holy Spirit begins to dwell inside of us. And, and we talked about in the last few weeks how there is a transforming presence of God, how God transforms our lives personally. Through, through trials that we may go through, through seasons of difficulty, God uses those things to shape us and to mold us. We talked about that. So the focus has been a lot about us and how the power of the Spirit is a transforming power to transform our lives. Today we're going to shift things a bit and, and, and talk about how it's not just for us personally, but for the world around us as well, because God wants to transform this world as well. And so the first verse I want to share with you this morning is John chapter 8, verse 12. If you have your Bibles, you could turn there. John 8, verse 12. One of my favorite verses. It's up there with John three sixteen. One of my favorite verses about Jesus saying who he is. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so in that passage, Jesus is stating that he is the light of the world. You know, in Genesis, when we hear about the creation narrative, the creation account, you know, before anything was created, it was, there was darkness. There was chaos and confusion. It, if you look at the Hebrew, um, that's the wording there. Uh, where, where it says it was formless and void, right? In the English, it says formless and void. In the, in the Hebrew, it's, it, it means chaos and confusion. There was darkness. And then God says, let there be light. And all of a sudden, things change. And, and, and God creates this beautiful world and, and order. Life happens when there's light. You know, part of the reason why I love summer and not winter is because of the, you know, really the lack of... I mean, there's some sunny days when it's cold, I guess. But when we have the dark, cloudy days, I mean, I can get pretty low, you know. Like, wally with no energy. So, but when the sun comes out, it's like, oh, I, I have so much... I'll walk my dog more. You know, I'll get out there and do stuff, right? Because the sun gives life. And that's what, Je- that's what Jesus is saying. He's, I, I am the light of the world. I give life. And then get this, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16, Jesus says this, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And so the title for my message this morning is This Little Light of Mine. Will you pray with me? Father, we just, once again, we come before you. We thank you for who you are. You are the light of the world, Jesus, and we thank you for uh, the life that you bring into our lives, Lord, that we can rest in you, that we can come before you no matter what the circumstances of our life looks like. God, we can come to you. 
We can, we can sit at your feet, Jesus, and tell you all the things that are on our hearts. And Lord, you have something to say about each and everything. Nothing's too small for you. Nothing's too hard for you. God, you love us so much that you care about all those details about each and every one of our lives. And we thank you for that. And we thank you that as we come to you, your light shines into our hearts and dispels the darkness in a way that gives us renewed life. So Lord, I pray for that to happen this morning as we hear from you, as we hear from your servant, your son, Dan. And so we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Jesus said, or, sorry, one of the first Bible verses in this series that that I read, that we read together was Colossians 1, 15 to 27, and talking about Jesus as the image of God, right? He is the image of the invisible God, that he reflects who God is. If you want to know who God is like, you, you look at Jesus, right? We are called to be, as Matthew 5, 14 says, the same thing to reflect the light of Christ that is in us. And so I, wanna, I want to introduce you to a brother of mine, a friend of ours. Um, I met him over a year ago, I guess, and just hearing his heart, hearing his stories of how God has used him, it's just, it was so encouraging for me to hear that, that God can use someone like Dan, like us, in such a powerful way to bless people, to shine his light. And so, can you help me in welcoming Dan this morning? Thank you, Pastor James. Thank you, Trinity. You look beautiful today. Um, I'm not going to deny I'm a little bit nervous. I get nervous around this area. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to thank Pastor James for giving me this chance to, to share a little bit of um, some of the experiences I've, I've had, some of the things I've learned um, in my walk with Christ. Uh, I will start with, uh, I believe, where all of this started for me. Back in the year, in the year 2006, we had a, a calling at, a, at our church to go to uh, Guatemala for a mission trip, two weeks. So a friend of mine and myself signed up, only two of us, to go, go down there. So we went down there not, re- not knowing what we were going to do. Um, the pastor, the person in charge... Kind of didn't take us serious because we were just two guys when they were used to receiving like 15, 20 people, right? But we said, you know, we're here to serve. If you need us to sweep the floor, paint. So he, he made us paint for the first week just to test us. And then the second week, uh, he started taking us out. And one of the places that he took us was uh, uh, the city dump. And in this dump, we went in, and there was people living in it. Their huts were in the dump. Kids working, running around the garbage. That shocked me. I come from uh, uh, El Salvador, which is a third world country. 
And I, you know, I grew up not, not poor, but not privileged either. So I kind of knew what it was to grow up without things, but not to this extent. So it shocked me. So I, I believe that's one of the things the Lord has to do in our lives to, to prepare us. He shocks us. He wakes us up one way or another. Whether we lose our jobs, we get sick. We, there's many ways he can use to shock us. So when we came back, um, I met my wife during that time. <laughs> got married, so the, the part of missions kind of got, I, my life got a little bit busier. But then, as I was part of the worship team, I was part of the, I was the worship leader in our church. Uh, God put in my heart, pray for the next generation, just like you were saying today. And I was like, okay. So I told the team, guys, we need to pray for the next generation. I don't know what this means, but we need to pray. Started praying, praying. We prayed for about a year, year and a half. And then we made a call and said, who wants to learn music? In that call, about 30 kids came, and we started a music school. The reason why I'm telling you this is because these same kids that God used in that music school are the ones that I I started to work with in the outreach program. So at the same time, a friend of ours couple of us, we started talking about the needs in the city. We, there's, a, there's a bridge near the, the church where I used to attend, and there's homeless people living under it. So we're like, okay, what can we do? So we had a meeting with the pastor, and one Sunday after church, had to be in February, I think, or January, it was like minus 30, uh, he said, we need to do something. So we went and bought hot cho- uh, chocolate. We made uh, uh, some hot chocolate, and we walked to the bridge. There's nobody there, but there had the, the beds were there, the blankets were there, sleeping bags. So we're like, you know what? We're going to keep going. We walked to Victoria Park, did a little bit around, found some people, shared hot chocolate, shared the word. We came back. So we're like, okay, that's all right. We'll do it again next week. So we started going and going. And then these kids, who I'm talking preteens, they're not the easiest to deal with, 12, 13, 14, started joining us. And then we had a group of 15, 20 kids coming out to us, coming out with us to, to, to share hot chocolate. And the word. Uh, this started getting a little bit more serious. After the time went on, we started preparing uh, sandwiches. So bologna cheese and hot chocolate. That was the, the meal that we prepared. Every Sunday, uh, no, every Friday, we would meet at church, make that, and go downtown. Um, in the middle of winter. At first, they used to do it just to have fun, right? They would come, joke around, Dan, can I eat a sandwich? No. Not yet. When we come back, if we haven't shared all of them, then you can have one. But we started having that bonding time with them. And they started 
to see that they started getting that culture shock too because we started going to Ray of Hope at the soup kitchen there and they started to see the people in need. We started going to the men's shelter and they started to see how, how blessed they are because the peop- sometimes the people in the shelters were not much older than they are. So they started to get more serious about it. Then what can we do to, to prepare ourselves more? So we would pray, go out, preach the gospel, share some food. Because if you're trying to preach to a hungry person, all they hear is their tummy. They won't hear your voice. Jesus did that. So we use that tool to, to kind of get closer to them. Now God called us to work with the less fortunate. That's, that's the direction that God was guiding us to do, to go um, we, in the, in the, in the next summer, we got, we got hit hard with a, a lot of hard questions from people that knew the word. And they would ask us, well, how come this and this? And then at the end of the day, the kids would come to me and say, then, because we would separate and they would say, I didn't know how to answer that. I didn't know how to answer that question. That was really deep. So we decided to take some time off and study the Word. We started, studied, uh, started studying the book of Multiply by Francis Chan with the Word. Started learning about God's love and how that's the base of, of the gospel. That's the most important thing. If we don't have love, then all we're doing is speaking, right? So we took about a year and a half. To, to just to prepare ourselves. And we started going again. Men's shelter. Uh, the, one, the one place that really hit hard was the women's shelter downtown. The reason why it hit hard is because there was only two adults of the guys that were there. And we weren't allowed in because the women inside were, were scared of us. Uh, and uh, the kids that we were working with, they weren't prepared to answer the questions. The, the, the female um, teenagers, they weren't prepared to, to see what was happening in there. The women who were abused, the women who were beat up. And um, so we asked, we asked the church, please, we need like, people with experience to help us, Right? The church wasn't prepared at the time to, to help us. So that was kind of a low because we, we really wanted to get in there. So we, we said we're not ready to go there yet, but we're going to focus on the men's shelter. So we would go there all the time, and the men would be like, oh, we, well, we called it the chocolate run. Uh, we would go there, and, and uh, the men were like, okay, the chocolate people are here. And that's what they knew us by. And uh, all of them would come out. Um, they would take their sandwiches. We started making pack, packages of sandwich, granola bars, uh, and a, a Bible scripture. You know, God loves you or, or, or some, something positive. And we tried to talk to them one-on-one. And we did that for, for, for a while. 
The point of that is that God, like, like Pastor James was saying, God has put a light in us. God has put something in us that we need to, we need to use. But you, you can sit there and say, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a, I, I'm not a missionary. I, don't, I can't go to other countries. The gospel was given to us, all of us, to preach. Right on your street. We're privileged here in Canada. We don't have to go to the world. The world has already come to us. We don't have to go to the nations. Our neighbors are from another country. So my word of encouragement is, use what God has given you. When we used to try to make packages for the, for the women's shelter, um, some of the ladies would knit. I was telling Pastor James, they would knit scarves, um, little socks for babies. And we would collect uh, money at the church and buy toothpaste and make packages, toothpaste, toothbrushes, soap, socks, something small. We don't need to have something big to make an impact in the world. Just the love of God that is in us is necessary. And I love a quote. And probably uh, you guys have heard it. And it says, preach the gospel at all, at all times. And when necessary, use words. And man, sometimes we, we speak a lot. We talk a lot. We read the word a lot, but our actions are speaking a totally different thing. At work, our actions can preach so much louder than, than our words. Let's not be that church that says that other people look at it and say, I don't want to be. If, if, if to be a Christian is to be like that guy, no, no, thank you. But you want to be, we want to be the church that people say, there's something different. There's something different about this young guy or this young woman. There's something different. That's what God calls us to be, the true light. God didn't just, Jesus didn't just go out and, and preach in the synagogues, right? Did he? He got dirty. His, his, his disciples, where were they? They were fishermen. Their hands were rough. They were ordinary people. And th those are the people that Jesus rose up to be leaders. So don't, don't think that you need to go to a, a Bible college and prepare yourself for so many. I mean, it, that's awesome. If you can do it, go ahead and do it. But don't, don't think that you need to... Prepare yourself to that level before you go out and preach. A couple years back when the, when the Syrian refugees started coming to, to Canada, I, and I, I won't call it by chance because it, it's, it's, it's always God moving in, in, the, in, in everything that happens in our lives. I dropped my wife off in the lobby of our building. And I was, as I was parking the car... She was talking to a, a, a couple refugees from Syria, no English. They were using Google Translate, I think. 
And they, they were just, just talking. They just wanted to, they just wanted to make friends. Just, so we connected with them. They said, oh, right away, that same moment, they said, come on, come on, coffee, coffee. So we went up. They made us the strongest coffee you can ever drink. <laughs> and it was delicious. But, man, it was strong. <laughs> so we connected through that. And we found out that they were coming into those buildings. There were a couple dozen families coming at the same time. Who The kids, the kids had no, no winter shoes. They were, you know, the babies were walking, going around with socks. So we said, what can we do? What do you need? And we were able to, at, at the church and, and, and at the place of, uh, where I worked, and I asked the, the kids to ask at their, in their colleges and stuff like that to collect winter clothes, to collect baby clothes, to collect socks, to give to these people. So now... Now, see, when we, we, when we create a bond, it's easier for them to listen to us when we speak about God's love. We have missionaries here that know what I'm talking about. When they go out and preach, they share. I had an experience before, before all of this started happening in my life. I was picking up my wife at, at work. And I was in the parking lot downtown. And this homeless guy came to my window and said, excuse me, can I have some food? Can I have some money? And I was always the guy who said, you know, this guy's going to use the money to go buy alcohol or smokes. So I said, I was testing him. So I said, I don't have money. I have, I have some prunes here if you want. So I grabbed the bag and I gave it to him. He comes back. And this is when God kind of gave me a slap in the face. And he said, boss, I can't eat these. I'm like, why? I have no teeth. He showed me his mouth. He had no teeth. And that broke me. And the moment God spoke to me and said, who are you to judge this man's heart? So I said, okay. So I got up, got out of the car. What do you want to eat? So we went, uh, we went, I don't know if you guys have been to Rainbows downtown. Yeah. If you haven't been, you got to go. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I took him there, and I said, pick what you want to eat. So he goes for the biggest meal. I'm like, okay, let's do it. He didn't even wait. He sat down right away and started eating his food. So that spoke to me. God said, you know, like, I bless you so much. And when I ask you to take out a little bit, you're questioning what they're going to do with it. Now, I just put this in your heart. If you have a hard time giving some money, carry some snacks in your car. Pack an extra lunch. When you go to the light, and there are people asking for food, give them that granola bar. Right? That way you can say Jesus loves you. But you have proof that that love is in your heart. Because like I said before, a hungry man will not hear your words. 
Now, this is just for the, this is, this was what God has called us to do, the, to help the less fortunate. But there's so many people in need. There's people in, in the elders, uh, in the retirement homes. People that need love there. There's people in the hospitals. So God has called us to go. You can go in, in different places, right? But don't think that you don't have what you need in order to share the word. Amen. God has put it in all of us. When, 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 when he said, go into the world and preach, he was talking to all of us. Not just his apostles, his disciples, but all of us. So look, look at the light that you have inside you and ask, ask God, how can I share this? If you're a good listener, listen when somebody's breaking down in front of you. If, if you're good with counseling, give wise words. If you're good at baking cookies, bake cookies and bring them to the shelters, to the retirement, home, retirement homes. We, we need to do something, church. We need to stop, like I said to Pastor James, we can sit and talk a lot. But if we don't start acting, time is going by. People are dying without Christ. And the church doesn't grow. If we want that light, there's, there's, a, there's a quote that we, 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 we used. Out of, this, out of this, back to reaching hands, out of this group that we started going with, studying with, there were two young men who said, okay, that's it. enough is enough. We, we talk a lot, but we don't do anything. And they heard about this movement called God Belongs in My City. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of it. In New York, there was a, a, a big poster that said, millions of people live without God. And they said, we got to do something about that. So they called all the youth pastors within the region and by next, the next Sunday, they were out in Central Park, I think they were, marching for Christ and praying for their city. So they said, we got to do something. These two young men, uh, Herson and Shalom. So they presented the idea. Said, Dad, can we do this? Yeah, we can do it. Okay. But you, you lead. We'll back you up. But you take charge. So... That winter, we started working towards that. And that was the first year that we did God Belongs on My City here in Kitchener. Uh, we've been doing it for six years now. This, this past year, we, we weren't able to do it due to some circumstances. But we've been doing it for six years. And it's where the church gets together. The church in the region, it's, it's, it's exactly like prayer in the park. The only difference is we meet at at one location and walk to the courthouse, pray for the policemen, pray for the people in the court, walk to the, the first year we walked to the hospital, we prayed for the hospital, and then we went to City Hall and had our service there, right? But that, that came out from two little boys sharing hot chocolate. So when Pastor Jane says, let's pray for our future generation, that doesn't mean that we're not going to be involved. 
When we pray for our future generation, God's going to use us to teach them. Because where are they going to learn it from? If, we don't, if we're not the example, where are they going to learn it from? So let's be that light, church. Thank you so much. Wow, wow. Thank you, Dan, for sharing that. That's right on. That's right on. And, you know, I just want to, I don't even need to say anything to add to that. Like, that was just right on. And I will say this, though, church, that I know, for I know, I know, that Trinity has a lot. We have a lot. We have a massive capacity to love people here. I've been a recipient of that the last six and a half years as your pastor, and it's made me who I am today. I mean, when I first started here, you know, no experience, trembling as I'm preaching, uh, you loved me to health. And you know what? Trinity has a huge capacity to love. Let's love outside the walls. So let's figure out ways we could do this. I know there are many of you. You do it already. Um, Let's figure out a way where we can, as a church, impact this city with the love of God and just make it so bright for his glory. Amen? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's figure out ways to do it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. You have given us lights. That is Christ in us, the hope of glory. We thank you, God. We thank you that it doesn't take much. It doesn't take, like Dan said, all this education and all the stuff and all the prep, although that is good, Father. It doesn't take that. We already have you in us. Lord, you are, you, it is in you we live and move and have our being. And Lord, you've done so much in us. We want to be a part of what you want to do in others. So God, this is the cry. This is the prayer. Use us. Show us how we can be a blessing to our community. We thank you for the community uh, carnival that we've done, the even VBC and for the Christmas tree lighting and all these things that are beginning to happen more and more, Lord. Would you increase your favor and anointing on that so that we can shine your light bright in this region? Help us to take teams out to the streets in Kitchener where some of these really difficult Uh, People in very difficult situations are, Lord. Help us to bless them and to show them that you are for real, that you do love them, and that nothing is impossible with you. So we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.